going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with CP3. We are back off a one-week hiatus on Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. I'm back to talk NBA playoffs today with Aria Tari. Aria, say what's up to the people. Why were you on hiatus? Dude, you know, man, last week just had a lot going on. It was my birthday last week. I'm in the process of moving. So, you know, just got a lot of stuff going on right now and uh, didn't have a chance to uh, put one out. I'm honestly kind of pissed, though, that we couldn't put out a podcast last week because there was so much to talk about. Uses. Yeah, you know, like. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, I don't even know when was the last time, probably right before the playoffs. But, uh, you know, we did that whole like bracket exercise. Right. And I mm -hmm. think. Well, every higher seed won their playoff series, and we got pretty much every game series, right? I think you had Dallas when I didn't, and, you know, my pick there was solely based off of – I had no idea if Doncic was going to play or not. Yeah. And then uh, with the playing games, I think we got Atlanta getting that final spot. Mm -hmm. um, and then we got the Clippers one wrong, but we recorded that before Paul George was out because of COVID. So exactly. I'm not going to count that as an L. No, definitely not. And, you know, I'd say we were also wrong about saying the Pelicans would get swept if they got in as they actually yeah. ended up being a little more feisty than we thought. But, you know, um, I am kind of pissed we didn't get it with it. We weren't able to talk about the Nets and those Pelican series. But you know what? It's a long offseason. We'll have a lot of time to revisit stuff like that. Let's make it short and easy on everybody today. And let's just talk about these upcoming series. Um, let's go ahead and start things out since your boys are going to tip us off first tonight. The Celtics, they're currently down one game to none to the uh, Bucks. Aria, what's it going to take for your Celtics to flip this series around and end up uh, pulling it out and getting home court back? Yeah, I mean, so we had, well, they wouldn't get home court back if they won tonight, but um, we had the late breaking news that Smart's out. Mm -hmm. White's going to be starting, and he was abysmal in uh, in game one. Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen him play worse in a Celtics uniform. His jump shot's kind of broken um, right now. So, yeah. I mean, but that's not news, but it was like he, all, all around, he was just unable to really do anything. So, to answer your question, right, like mm -hmm. Brown and Tatum just can't have game a game like they had the last one. They were both horrible. Brown especially. Brown was terrible. This one play in the first quarter, I think it was the first quarter, where he literally dribbled it up, and then I think he just like midway through his dribble forgot he knew how to dribble and just lost the ball. Yeah. Um, it was bad, and he had that. Now, he's been dealing with this hamstring injury apparently. I don't know how bad that is, and maybe that's kind of hampering him. Uh-huh. Uh it is not I mean it's not been good with Brown that first game. I mean Tatum kind of came on in the in the second half and was hitting a bunch of threes, but that's not the recipe to beat this Milwaukee team. I mean, yeah, sure, if we light it up from 3 and shoot the lights out, then great. Then but that's the game Milwaukee wants you to play. Mm -hmm. What's the adjustment that Boston has to make? I don't know. I mean, my guess is, you know, they're giving up so they want to pack the middle, right? And yeah. They're giving bit of the outside they just maybe boston shouldn't be afraid to drive in a little bit have guys moving kind of like golden state basketball just have everybody moving all over the place and um finding the open man cutting getting an open shot but does boston have the personnel for that i don't know i mean we play a two big lineup with horford and rob williams smarts out i don't know if we have the the right personnel for that it makes me think though if golden state was to play milwaukee i think from a matchup perspective unless Giannis just went like otherworldly mm -hmm. but that's thinking way too far ahead um they need big games from Tatum and Brown that's really what they need and those guys need to be able to solve this Milwaukee defense the shooting needs to be there and 
do I think they're going to do it? I mean, I'm going to say yes. I picked them before the series and uh, that that's, and I picked them, you know, I had Boston going to the finals when we did that exercise. So I'm not just going to back off of one game, not having Marcus Smart. Yeah. They don't have Middleton. So it's like, I can't use that as an excuse. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, you got to be bigger than one player in the NBA playoffs. I mean, we saw Dallas get to the next round, you know, when that they didn't have Luka. So, you know, just w- just one player can't be your entire reasoning. I mean, if anything, I mean, I would say both teams are missing a guy of equal value. Um, in the regular season, actually, Milwaukee's three-point defense is pretty porous as they're giving up 35% of teams, and then which is, you know, back half of the league. I mean, not like – uh, middle of the pack but game to game they gave up the most three-pointers in the league 14 and a half three-pointers a game now part of you could say which I mean I'm definitely like somewhat agree with this that Milwaukee didn't care as much about the regular season as they do about the playoffs but I think it, I think it's a couple three reasons why the Celtics lost the first game one like you said they played one of the worst games they played but I really am a believer that you know we think about the NBA regular season you only get a week off where you don't play a game for a week because the last is they beat the Nets. It was, was it on Monday they finished off the Nets? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they finished off the Nets on Monday. So, you know, they hadn't played a game since then. The last time they did that was the all-star break, you know, and the last time they had something like that was before the season even started. So I just think the Celtics look rusty, man. They looked out of sync, out of function. I actually thought that Horford and Rob Williams played some pretty decent defense on Giannis. I just think they got to knock down open threes. I saw him missing a lot of threes. Also, look, I know Grant Williams is one of the guys who, you know, when he's hitting can really help your team out. But, I mean, it, it, sometimes when you watch Grant Williams do the things you do, you're like, dude, what the hell are you doing right now? I just think that Tatum's got to take this game over and be the facilitator that he was. Tatum's assists as the Celtics got better the second half of the season moved up. I mean, not like significant amounts, but his average assists per game moved up every as the season went on. And I think he's got to do the same thing. I think Tatum's got to take over and go to that next level. You know, Tatum's a guy who, that you know, when you talk about the best 10 players in the league, he's probably, you know, number eight, nine, or 10. Tatum's got to take that jump and get to the next level. And that's what we see guys doing the playoffs that's what I think he needs to do I still like the Celtics in the series though look I think I think it a lot of it was them being rusty at the end of the day you know Milwaukee's probably going to win one there they're probably going to win one on the road they win one on the road they got home court back winning a game seven in Boston ain't gonna be easy I still think that Boston gets it done well then going back to your Tatum point like he made that evolution during the season where Mm -hmm. You know, before he would always try and like force that ugly mid-range jump shot. Um, and now he's like finding the open guy, making the right read. Um, he's going to need to do it more so tonight without Marcus Smart being, you know, the, the point guard for Boston. Um, I don't know. Like the shooting thing is scary because it's like now Milwaukee's already in one game, right? So now Boston, if they're hoping that the way that they beat Milwaukee is to just shoot better, I don't think that's a recipe, to be honest with you. I don't think you can just count on, oh, well, our shots will go in. Because now it's like you're that's a high level of variance, and now you got to win four of the next six games. Well, uh, think think about it, though. The, what that stat tells me is not that teams are hitting threes on Milwaukee. It means that they're giving open threes up. I mean, Middleton is a damn good two-way player. Without him out there, they're giving up some sort of leeway on defense. I feel like they also didn't take you know advantage of – Portis is a good offensive player. He's not a great defender. And, I mean, we saw what Atlanta did to Brooke Lopez in those pick-and-rolls and what we've seen other teams do to him in the pick-and-rolls. I just feel like that they have clear advantages and mismatches. They're not taking advantage of him because those threes are going to be open. Yeah, I mean, they play a big lineup, the Bucs, and they shouldn't be. And, but that's what I was saying. I don't know if Boston has the right personnel to be able to run them off the court. I don't know if they do. Um, 
with especially without smart i don't know if we have the right i keep saying we i don't know if they have the right personnel I, to be able to make uh the uh portis Giannis, lopez uh front court work on defense really have those guys run around chase them spread them out pull them away from the basket get them i don't know if they can do that i, I don't know if they can so we'll see yeah, no, we'll definitely see. It'll be interesting to watch the uh, the matchups that they choose in this series. I mean, at the end of the day, I think we're going to need to see Tatum and uh, Giannis both take over for their teams, which I think is going to happen. The other thing I want to say real quick, because I just don't want to talk about Boston, which I don't think we've said much about Milwaukee on this. Dude, I feel like we don't give Drew Holiday enough credit for what he really is. Now, the Bucks kind of did, you know, right in the regular season a little bit and, you know, kind of chill and go through the motions. Like, I mean, because I, I definitely think that's the case because, you know, we saw in the past what happened when they went along where they played their ass off in the regular season. You know, they got bounced by Toronto. And they got bounced to the bubble, which is weird. Then they finally won the championship. But I don't think Drew Holiday gets enough credit for what he really is. I think that there's, I mean, don't get me wrong, Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year. I'm not saying he shouldn't have won it because he definitely should have. But, I mean, him and Drew Holiday are the two best perimeter defenders in the league. And what Drew Holiday did out there on defense in that game, I mean, it's it's tough to play against a guy like that. Um, Yeah, I mean, and especially without Smart, that doesn't make it easier. So, <laughs> that's not an excuse because they don't have Middleton. So. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, it, look at look at all these teams in the playoffs. The Heat are playing without Lowry and Bede's out. I mean, Capello and Collins were out for the Hawks, you know, District Luca. I mean, every single team's playing with injuries. That's just sports, man. You're never going to get through an entire season without somebody getting injured. It's all about how you bounce back to him. But, hey, also, though, this too. I think Udoka is a pretty good coach, you know. Like, I really saw him getting in everybody's ass after losing that game. So, I feel like Udoka is going to have another move to throw at him. He's got to have something. Well, you would hope. <laughs> I mean, well, for me, you would. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think I just feel like they being able to just cram the paint and give up all of these open threes is not a defense that Milwaukee can just hold their hat on and say, OK, if you make the threes, you beat us. If you don't, well, then you lose. I feel like there's got to be another level. And that's why I was saying that maybe like more dribbling, cutting. I just don't know. And if that is what it is, I don't know if Boston has the personnel to do it. That's like what I could come with. I'm obviously not the coach of the Celtics, so mm-hmm. luckily I don't have to stress too much about it. But um, we'll, see what he, we'll see what he does because this is a big game. I mean, you cannot – I hate to sound like super sports radio here, but like, I don't know, the defending champs going down 0-2, going on their, uh, on their home court. It's going to be tough to come back from that. The one thing I saw on Twitter that was interesting is, you know, it's not like the – not, not to get super conspiracy theory here. It's not like the NBA wants Boston going to Milwaukee 0-2. Mm-hmm. So I think Boston's going to get a generous whistle tonight, being at home and everything. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, everything we're saying is kind of going to be like invalid in about an hour or two. So, yeah, no, we'll definitely see what happens there with that one. I think that's a good note to move on. Kind of made a perfect transition there with us speaking the generous whistle. Scott Foster is going to be probably given a generous whistle tonight in the Memphis Golden State game. Yeah, he's officiating. By the way, you cannot tell me that games where Scott Foster officiates are not rigged. I mean, literally, game Scott Foster. Scott Foster comes in there and the NBA says, hey, we need to extend the series. So much as you know when he calls a game, you're getting a different type of game. No, that is true. Yeah, I wouldn't say rigged, but you know, let's put it this way. If you're a team trying to close another team out quick and easy, you know it's not going to be quick and easy because Scott Foster is going to nitpick and call these little BS fouls, you know? Yeah. But um, anyway, Scott Foster is refing tonight. Um, let's talk a little bit about this series, though. Obviously, Golden State's up one game to none. Um, look, I'm going to be honest. 
I did take Minnesota tonight just because I simply can't. I mean, it's, ugh, I t- did take Memphis tonight solely because I can't go against Scott Foster when he's refing a game and you need a series to not be a sweep. But I'll be honest, I, I don't I don't see Memphis winning more than one game. I really feel like that Memphis, I mean, when you look at Minnesota, Minnesota's the first team ever that w- was up by double digits in the, as late as they were. Like Minnesota in pretty much every single game in the series had a 99% chance to win the game except for game two. And somehow they didn't win the series. I mean, how is that even possible that you could have that? I mean, Minnesota completely crumbled in those games throughout the series. And look, I feel like Memphis got very fortunate. I don't think the same thing's going to happen for him here. I mean, when you look back at game one, Clay Thompson played like one minute. I think it was either like one or two minutes in the second quarter because he was in foul trouble the entire first half. Draymond Green gets ejected for what should Curry not have been. Who hit five fouls. Um, who, what, who it is? Curry hit five fouls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the other one I was going to mention too. So Curry, Draymond gets ejected. Clay Thompson's in foul trouble. And then on top of that, you have Jaron Jackson Jr. score 28 points and go, I think it was seven for nine from three-point range. I mean, come on now. John Moran even was draining threes. I mean, don't get me wrong. John Moran is damn good, but he's not a three-point shooter to the capacity he was in that game. I just feel like that everything went Memphis's way, and they were at home, and they still lost the game. The fact they couldn't pull that one out, I'll be shocked to see them play more than five games this A couple year. counters, right? Like, Bain and Brooks didn't really have good games. Yeah. So, that's your, what, third or fourth best player. Mm-hmm. Um, you – they didn't – win the offensive glass like they needed to mm-hmm. um which is uh you know with clark and jackson um you know that's something that they need to have go their way um but i don't know i think i could see memphis taking this one i definitely don't like them in the series just because i don't think and I, I i going back to your point i think them losing that or i'm sorry them winning that minnesota series is more like a minnesota screw up than it is a Memphis like resilient tough mind yeah. because usually like the teams that come back from the deficits are teams that have been battle tested before I think yeah. Minnesota was young and inexperienced and screwed it up um, well let's be let's be honest about Minnesota Minnesota is in a tough spot Carl Anthony Towns I mean he's good but like he's he's he proved that he falls in that like second category you know what I mean like he's like the he's like the Robin to your Batman I mean D'Angelo Russell completely choked, choked the entire series away Anthony Edwards is your Batman but he's just too young and not ready to take over you know that's the thing when those games got tight and and we're doing like a little bit here on the series that ended almost a week ago um but when well, they ended on Friday, so uh, that's bad. Um, you who was the guy on Minnesota that was did anything or took over or got you the two points? Or <laughs> Do you really want me to answer guy? that? No one, right? And you know, it's Patrick Beverly tried to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it should be Edwards, but mm-hmm. not there yet. I mean, he's 20 years old, he can't order a beer yet, so. <laughs> yeah. It's fine that he couldn't get there. Like Minnesota wasn't expecting to win the championship. They got mm-hmm. battle tested. They got their uh, they got their feet wet. And I, it's you know it's uh, same thing with that New Orleans team, right? Like good for them. But I don't think that said a whole lot about Memphis as this tough Brazilian group. And I think they're I think they're kind of overmatched in terms of just I mean it's not news, right? They're not as experienced. I still think Steph Curry's the best player in this series. Um, I don't think that's close actually. And what, what about another guy on their team whose name might have the same name as one of the best players to ever play? Oh, Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they're, uh, 
they're obviously the experience team. It reminds me of the Patriots, right? Like whenever the Patriots would get in those close games at the end, mm-hmm. he knew Brady was going to find a way to uh, hit Gronk on a steam, hit Edelman for a first down, right? And this is kind of like that, which is like, you never think the Warriors are out. They're always going to come at you. They're always, it's like that Michael Myers thing. Like they're always going to come. You can never kill them. Like they're uh, against a team like this. I, I can't where this Memphis team is not that battle tested, a team that I thought really gave them a good mm-hmm. uh, effort on that Sunday game, which they lost at home. Eh, I don't see it for Golden State. Or I'm sorry, I don't see it for Memphis. So yeah, Maybe so today, but I could see this being done five or six. I say five. I would be shocked to even see us play a sixth game. I mean, it would take a Scott Foster double special with a side of fries in order to get them to a game six, I think. But, um, yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing I remember back is I remember when we were doing like that bracket when we were talking about all these series and we were like, yeah, we got Golden State versus Memphis. And I was, yeah, Memphis won this regular season series three games to one. And they also bounced from the bubble last year. But like it's like we said. You know, Memphis was a fun, young, regular season team, but the playoffs is just different. And look, that was really what I wanted to see out of the Warriors, though, in that game. Because, I mean, look, you can look fun, good, like a good team and all when you're beating up on the Nuggets who are missing their second and third best player, you know, and basically running out there a bunch of scrubs in the MVP. I mean, it can be fun. You can look good and all when you're beating up on them. But I wanted to see what they did in a real game. And in a game where nothing went their way, the fact they figured out how to win it says what I need to know about Golden State. Give me Golden State in five. Anything else you think we need to say on this series? Uh, not really. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that one will be over quick and easy. Let's flip over now to the series that played last night. We'll start out with the first game as well. I think this one's pretty quick and set in stone, unfortunately, due to an injury. This is the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Miami Heat. What are you thinking here? I mean, right, like you can't talk about the series without talking about the Embiid thing, um, how he's the orbital bone fracture. Mm-hmm. Is it a fracture? I don't know. Um, but with that and the concussion – he was already dealing with that ligament issue. Like this is the second postseason in a row. Now he's getting banged up. He's not exactly Mr. Healthy to begin with. Right. Um, it's alarming. Honestly, if you're uh, like a Philly fan and you're just like, can this guy ever get through a season? It's also disheartening as well. It's like, you love this guy. Like he's probably the most beloved sixer. Not probably he is the most beloved sixer since Iverson. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's close actually. Um, Iguodala would be the next guy, so it's not even close. Not Ben Simmons. <laughs> not ben Simmons. Um, so, anyways, like, yeah, they're not without him there, it's pretty much a wrap. Um, Miami last night, they just did their normal Miami thing, right? The defense, the offensive rebounding, Tucker and Adebayo getting all the uh, all, all the boards last night. Um, Tucker's just been incredible between this series and the last one. Like he, I mean, not even him, but it's also just like that old defense has that switchability. Bam can stay with guards. Obviously mm-hmm. Tucker was staying with Trey Young, that Atlanta series. Um, he was staying with Harden last night and Harden, and Harden's the final piece of this, which is like, you know, this is a guy who just has not had a signature playoff moment in his entire career since he left Oklahoma City in his six man role. Um, and I get it, right? Like some of its injuries, like Chris Paul going out in 2018, even though they did have that game seven at home. Um, now they have the Embiid injury this year. Uh, last year in the playoffs, he was banged up, came back, then Kyrie was out. But I don't know. I'm, I mean, you can point to each year and come up with something. But overall, like the totality of it has to matter at some point. And he just doesn't look like the same guy anymore. Um, he's, his shooting is – he can still shoot, but – 
It's not like the lights out guy he was. He can't get by people like he used to. His first step is gone. And I, what I really think happened is that hamstring. I think ever since that injury, he hasn't been the same guy. Because um, when he got traded to Brooklyn, remember, like, they didn't play with that uh, Harden, Kyrie, yeah. and Durant uh, trio for more than 16 games that entire tenure. And I think that's mainly got to be attributed – but hold on, so let me go back. Sorry, they didn't play with that trio that whole time. And but there was a moment when it was really just Harden and everybody again, kind of going back to his Houston days before they got Chris Paul and he was lighting it up. He was really lighting it up for them. And then the hamstring happened and he just hasn't been the same guy since. And I don't feel like he can be that guy for them against this Miami team. They're pretty well equipped to defend him. So I, I can't see this. If Embiid comes back, it's hard for me to like say what's going to happen without knowing uh, what his status is and if he's coming back, how impactful he'll be. So I'm going to go play it safe and just go Miami in five, honestly. Yeah, I agree with you. See, I think what's going to end up happening is Embiid's going to try to play in game three, and I think they're going to lose again in game three, and then they're going to shut him down for game four and, you know, do one of those catch him off guard in the playoffs, extend it one more game type thing. I mean, I wouldn't even be shocked to see him sweep him here in this series, but I agree with everything you said, you know, going back to Harden. I really think that he played, you know, just a lot. He logged a lot of minutes in Houston in the regular season because, remember, he, him and, like, Westbrook were the only two guys that were really playing in 82 games at that point. Like, I remember when people were doing the MVP talks and everything, you know, that was one big thing that really helped James Harden's case was that him and Westbrook, you know, they were the only two guys really playing every single game. Most guys are playing like 70, 68 games, you know, they're out there playing in the full 72 game or 82 games of the regular season. You know, no one plays games anymore. Yeah. Nobody does anymore. But um, yeah, you know, I, I definitely think Harden has lost a step. Ultimately. I think that, that, um, that Miami can just Miami's a defensive nightmare for them. You know, Miami can switch everything. They don't really match up well with them. I mean, you, if when DeAndre Jordan's starting a game, DeAndre Jordan has started a game since 2019. When he's starting for you in the NBA playoffs, you're pretty screwed, honestly. So, you know, I, I do feel bad for Embiid. I'm with you on that one, though. I mean, Embiid, you know what's crazy to think about is Embiid's 28 years old now. Feels like old 28. It does. He gets hurt all the time. Like I like the other day, like, I was listening to a podcast and they were like, "Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns has been in the league now for eight years." I was like, yeah, "He's only oh. one year. Yeah, one year uh, drafted after Embiid." Yeah, me and him were freshmen in college the same year, which is just absolutely crazy for me to even think about. So, yeah. The other thing with this Miami team, though, is I think you know, obviously that Atlanta team they completely mm. destroyed them. They're probably going to coast through this Philly team. I think whoever comes out of Boston, Milwaukee, makes it to the finals. I agree. This Miami team is, you know, they're the number one seed and they're getting these like breaks that go in their way, like playing the, uh, you know, the uh, Atlanta team that just mm-hmm. wasn't on their, on like a playoff level. The, yeah, you can say it. I'm not going to get mad. No, I don't care. Um, the Philly team that <laughs> suffers a uh, injury to their best player. But like, we're not, let's not act like they're like some incredible, like historical team here. They're probably one of the weaker one seeds, one, weaker one seeds we've had. I mean, the last one seed I could think of that was this week was the 2017 Celtics year when Isaiah Thomas was in the top five yep. for MVP. We all kind of, yeah, Boston was the one seed. We all kind of knew like they were fraudulent. Um, and that's how I feel about this Miami team. I don't think that they're capable of actually winning a championship or actually contending because at the end of the day, like they're a good system team with that defense and everyone knows their role, hard nose. Um, Butler can at some moments be a a-lister right but mm-hmm. I, I don't count on it the lowry thing is concerning when's he coming back we don't know 
Um, and even if he does come back, that guy is in and out of the lineup nonstop. Same with Butler. Do we know why he even missed game five of the Atlanta series? I still don't think we have a real answer. So knee swelling. I don't think this Miami team is particularly dangerous. So I like the idea. So what I'm basically what I'm trying to say is I like the idea of whoever comes off that Boston Milwaukee series playing a team that is unequipped to play against them. And obviously Boston Milwaukee would have the better player in that series, no matter what, with either Tatum or Giannis. So uh, yeah. we saw what happened. Milwaukee destroyed them in the, uh, in that first round series. Yeah. So the last thing I'll say about Miami is they have the third worst point differential of a number one seed in NBA history. And the other thing I was going to say too, is I feel like that, you know, one Miami gets an easier path because that's a reward, you know, for winning so many, for getting the number one seed in the regular season, you know, so that's a, at least get rewarded for that. But also too, when you have a coach as good as Eric Spolster, who is, in my opinion, top three among active coaches in the league, is the best coaches in the league. He's definitely a top three guy. And you're as deep as they are. It's not hard to get the number one seed, you know. Who's your top three? My top three coaches right now? Yeah. Spolstra. Um, Doc, I'm kidding. I'm not about to say Doc Rivers. <laughs> I just wanted to see your face if I started to say Doc Rivers. Um, Spolstra, yeah, yeah. Nick Nurse, and it's um, it's it's tough. I'm between Monty and Kerr. I'm gonna go Kerr though because Kerr actually has a championship. Well, he's three, so exactly. So I mean, you can't not give I'm Steve Kerr in there. Favorite. But who's your top the, three? Probably those two, uh, Kerr and Spolstra, and then uh, hmm, put me on the spot here a little bit, even though I just did it to you. Um. I don't really know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say. Fair. I'll give you that. Let me, let me get back to that. Fair for you. I mean, let's put it this way: if I had to pick a coach to coach my team, I'm either taking Spoil. Monty. In all honesty, probably Monty Williams. Would you point. say Nurse is at four though? No, I don't know. I think Budenholzer ahead of ahead of him right now. Anyway, hey, that's another discussion. I really for like his coaching that uh, that Philly series. I mean, he also didn't have – he had half of Scotty Barnes and didn't have Fred Van Vliet. So, I mean – That game three, giving up that uh, giving up that shot to Embiid, basically to win this series for Philly. I mean, I know, obviously, then they came back and won two games. No, you know what? Nurse probably is three, but – Yeah. I think there's a gap between Curse Wolstra and the rest of the league, I guess. Fair. Um, let's talk about this last series here real quick before we get out of here. Um, I think we'll have some good disagreement here, actually. I'll talk about, I'll start off talking about it here. Look, the Suns did handle Dallas last night. That was a faulty final score. That game was never close since about the tip off. But look, I think Dallas got off to a slow start. They're coming off a little high of winning that game six and eking it out. I'm here though to present y'all with the good news here. I don't think Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson could have played a worse game. Now, obviously, you're not going to get what you got from Maxi Kleba once again. Luca gave you his typical Luca performance. I would expect that from him night in and night out in the playoffs. But I personally think the way that they played them last night with Bridges, Crowder, Cam Johnson, I mean, even Devin Booker and Chris Paul, who are all good defenders. They have so many guys they can switch on to Luka and make it tough for Luka to get in there and do what he wants to do. I feel like if Brunson and Dinwiddie can get back to playing the way they did in the regular season and playing the way that they did when Dallas is hitting on all cylinders, I don't see how Dallas doesn't win this game in seven. I think this series goes seven. I think whoever wins in seven is going to win, but – I don't know, man. I just feel like the Dallas played bad basketball last night. They couldn't get their defense really set and locked in either. As bad as they played last night, I feel like Dallas can't play any worse than that. I think Dallas wins this in seven. 
I think you're underrating Phoenix here. So this is the team that won 64 games this season. Like this is what they did all year. They just killed teams. And Booker looked 100%, right? From that um, But to your point, you're saying, well, if Dinwiddie and Brunson are, you know, they had a bad game and if they get back to playing well, then they can, uh, then it's easy for Dallas. But the point is, this isn't the Utah team that didn't have yeah. the personnel to guard the perimeter. It's not Mitchell and Conley. Booker doesn't get credit for being a two-way player, but he I is. agree. I mean, he, he can defend. You have Bridges, you have Johnson, Crowder, um, even Chris Paul's feisty, right? Yeah. Um, even though he's about to be 37. Um, actually, his birthday's in a couple of days. Happy early birthday to the point god. Um, so they have like the it's a bad matchup from Dallas from a perspective of they uh what's that thing on the top? Do you see that? Yeah, it says we're running out of time, so we gotta hurry. All right. Um, so Dallas um doesn't have I, I I'm sorry, I'm saying Phoenix has the ability to guard Dallas that Utah mm-hmm. did. Phoenix is has so many weapons between Paul, Booker, Aiton. Like they can just beat Dallas in so many ways. And for Dallas, it's all one way. It's Doncic and everybody else stand in the corner and wait till he gives you the ball. When he's out, when he's out, Brunson and Dinwiddie, you guys can do a lesser version of what he's doing. It's very LeBron 07 Cavsy to me. That's how yeah. last felt like him getting the 45 points and no one else besides Kleber showing up. And Kleber really just hit some threes and got hot and cooled off in the second half. Um, it's not a good matchup from Dallas's perspective, just because the guards are, are not going to be able to just get by people with ease. And also from the perspective of they don't have the weapons that Phoenix does. They don't have three guys like Phoenix has three guys who you can trust and go to on offense and know that they can get you a bucket. They can create their own shot. Maybe not eight as much, but Chris Paul can make it so that it's so easy for him to get his own shot. Um, Dallas doesn't, and their guys are going to have a hard time getting past the uh, the Phoenix guys. I think the Brunson and Dinwiddie stuff is a little bit misleading just because of the team they played, and I think we're uh, we're overreacting to that as opposed to seeing the reality. Yeah, well, you know, Brunson did what he did a lot in the regular season. See, I feel like I don't know. I just feel like that the Dallas just seemed just started in the hole last night. They really couldn't get it going until it was too late. I feel like though what Luca's got to do is he's got to keep breaking that defense down and drawing them out to where they're more focused on him. Then that's when he gets Brunson and Dinwiddie in the positions, you know, where that they can break down the defense off the dribble, you know, and just the positions where they can succeed. You know, I feel like those guys really weren't put in positions where they could have succeeded last night. Ultimately, I feel like falling behind early is what hurt them. I still think this series is far from over, though. That was the worst defensive performance by Dallas. I can't remember what the stat was, but it was like their worst defensive performance in like over two months. So, yeah. I feel like they're going to come back and play them tight. I think it's going to be a hell of a series. I think this is by far the best. This series and the Boston series are the two best ones by far in this round. Yeah, I mean, the Miami one's obviously the worst. And, yeah, Phoenix couldn't have played a better game, I felt like. Like, I think everybody mm-hmm. – I don't think anybody had a real bad game for them. Bridges could have scored maybe a little more. I guess that's the only thing. But if yeah. Complaining about them, uh, you know, you're just being spoiled at that point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I uh, – I, I think Phoenix wins. I just think they, they're much deeper, much more talented, battle-tested. Um, I'm telling you, man, Chris Paul's a man on the mission. This is the point God. He wants that ring. He deserves it. No one deserves a championship more in professional sports that doesn't have one than Chris Paul. Matt Ryan. Stop. No, Don't Matt, 
Matt Ryan definitely deserves one more than Chris Paul does. Matt Ryan had like one good year. Matt Ryan's about to break all the passing records. So how many years has Matt Ryan been the best quarterback in the NFL? That's a um, one. Maybe Tom Brady was better than him that year. It was just Brady didn't win it because he was suspended the first four games of the season. Chris Paul, Matt Ryan did play on play on one of the best until Mahomes broke in the league. He played on the best offense in like the last eight years. So dude. Matt Ryan until until the Mahomes Kansas City offense that was the best offense in like that 2010 era. Other than the other than the Mahomes Kansas City offenses. Pretty sure. Uh, no, that Denver 2013 team was better. No, they didn't. The Atlanta Atlanta had better numbers than they did. I promise. That'll be, only, that'll be another episode. Yeah, exactly. We only got six minutes sure left. Carolina, they were pretty good too, um, but they were obviously like not as a, much of a pass-heavy team. Yeah, they were um, running the ball. That team had big numbers too. I remember. Um, but yeah, Chris Paul. I don't think there's anyone who deserves it more than like that guy was the best point guard in the league. Year after year after year, there was one year when Derrick Rose won MVP. We're like, oh, maybe it's him. And then he got hurt, and then it was Chris again. And then Curry kind of took the reins, and then it was like a Curry Westbrook Harden debate for who was like the best guard in the league for a while. Right now, I don't even know who the best guard would be. Maybe Luca. Maybe I mean, not nah, probably still is Curry. At the end of the day, if you came down to it, I'd probably pick him over anybody. Um, but I just think Chris Paul is so deserving of that title. He worked so hard. He, I did the whole Chris Paul thing last time. Um, so I'm not going to get into it too much again. <laughs> you sure, um, dude? <laughs> I, I'd be so happy for him if, he, if he's finally able to win it. No one yeah. deserves it. Yeah, I can't say the same, but it's going to be a hell of a series. It's going to be fun to see the way everything plays out. Aria, any pardon words for you before we get up well, out of here? Paul draws fouls. It's genius. When anyone else doesn't, they're whatever. Um, any pardon words? Uh, Doctor Strange 2. Um, I don't think it's going to be as good as everyone thinks. I think everyone thinks it's going to be this huge event and it's going to set up everything and we're going to like have Mr. Fantastic and we're going to have uh, uh, the mutants introduced, etc. Wait, is that a rumor? Yeah, I mean, people have been saying that. I don't know if that's true. This is not, I know like leaks are out. I have not seen any of the leaks. Okay, okay, okay. I was gonna, That's what I was wondering. You know, Keenan keeps trying to like text me leaks. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, you can't uh, look at leaks. Yeah, uh, anyways. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't think it's going to be as big as everyone thinks. I think it's going to like, I feel like all these Marvel, Marvel movies now are just setting up the next one. And it's not so much like, okay, we had, I'm going to spoil Spider-Man here, but that one's like, okay, now the multiverse is here. And this next one's probably going to set up the arrival of Kang in uh, the, uh, what's it called? The Ant-Man movie, which is not a spoiler. He's confirmed to be in it. Um, so I, I, I don't, I want to know what the end game is. <laughs> nice pun. Uh, but what like the uh, big picture is how this is going to like end up. So I don't think this Doctor Strange movie is going to be as good as everyone thinks of this. Or it's going to be as big as everyone thinks of this. I think it's just going to set up another piece. Well, if I've learned anything about Marvel, it is that they don't reveal the whole plan until you actually see a plan on the screen. And by the way, if you if you're in Spider-Man for anybody, that's just their fault at this point for not seeing it. But um, yeah, I think that's about it. I agree with Ari. I'm excited to go see the movie. So We'll see how everything plays out. I definitely do want to do a podcast. I know this is most supposed to be sports podcast, but I definitely do want to do a podcast one of these days and talk about like Marvel, Star Wars, pop culture, things like that. So five person podcast, me, you, Devin, Sean, and Donley. <laughs> yeah, that might take like three hours, but honestly, I'm down. 
But um, anyway, and, and I think that's about all we got today. Appreciate everyone who tuned in, guys. Um, Aria, appreciate you coming on, man. Yep. Talk to you later. Go Celtics. Hey, yeah, let's go Celtics. I bet on them tonight. But appreciate everyone tuning in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.